Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Des Bishop Podcast. Greetings from Calgary, Alberta, where I am sitting in a hotel. Uh, relieved that um, I got the editing done and uh, relieved actually that in the end I recorded too much stuff. Uh, so I actually have two podcasts worth of stuff. But first up is today's podcast, which is entitled, Do I Have an Anxiety Disorder? Um, I was supposed to have a chat with uh, with someone this week and then it just through a series of in- uh, situations, it hasn't happened. So uh, two days ago, I said, okay, I'll do another one on my own and I'll just talk about anxiety because it's a term that I hear a lot nowadays. And, you know, it wasn't a term that really was floating around much when I was a child. And um, in recent times, I've questioned whether I struggle with uh, anxiety. Uh, So it's basically just me musing about whether I do or not. Um, And the reason why I over-recorded more stuff was because I, yesterday, I was still in New York yesterday, I'd already recorded the stuff about anxiety, and I second-guessed myself. And I was like, nah, I'm not putting that up. Because I felt like it was like too meandering and too, well, maybe partially too honest. I was like, you know, I, I was doing the, the sort of, um, I was censoring myself, even though I hadn't listened back. Uh, but I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to put that up, you know? Um, so anyway, in the meantime, I recorded uh, two other stories. Well, one main story about how when I was flying here to Calgary, I was sitting next to a Mennonite woman, um, which was very interesting. So I recorded that, and then I went back to edit the anxiety uh, thing, and I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is, I'm putting this up. Uh, and I'm not putting it up with the Mennonite story because it's just, just no need. So this episode is entitled, Do I Have an Anxiety Disorder? Uh, it's it's a very uh, free flowing stream of consciousness, unconfident look at my own mind, relationship with anxiety. Uh, a little bit look back on my childhood. It's incomplete. Uh, it doesn't claim to be a definitive uh, look at myself, but uh, it is what it is. I hope you guys get something from it. Um, you know, uh, it's it's. I guess it's in the vein of of sharing. You know, uh, and you guys are in the meeting with me. <laughs> So, uh, thanks for listening. Um, let me know what you think afterwards. And then uh, the story uh, about meeting this Mennonite woman, I'm going to put up as a bonus podcast on Monday. So, this is today's podcast, and then I'll put up a, a, a mini sort of episode on Monday uh, about my experience of meeting a Mennonite. The first Mennonite I've ever met in my life, actually. Um, you can look up Mennonites in the meantime, for those that don't know. And um, so... Uh, look out for that and I hope you enjoy this podcast and please engage you know I mean you can make I, I prefer if you didn't make judgments but if you want to make judgments fine uh, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not totally looking for answers I'm just looking for people to take what they get from it and leave the rest you know uh, and um, 
thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, I, I, we have not completely abandoned interviews, by the way, so there will be more interviews. But for now, this is me from two days ago uh, chatting, about, um, chatting about what I said I was chatting about. Thanks. Once again, I'm sitting in the parking lot of Alley Pond Park, which is uh, in Oakland Gardens, in the broader Bayside area of Queens, New York. Uh, coincidentally enough, not that it has anything to do with uh, why I'm here, it is the park where I um, used to run track when I was a child for St. Kevin's, my primary school, my grammar school, my elementary school, depending on where you're from. Uh, in fact, I'm sitting looking at the sort of beginning area where uh, the races used to start and where I'd always be out of breath by the time the first section was finished before I got my second wind. Uh, and, you know, sadly, it always makes me think of uh, Warren Scullion, who was our trainer, a lovely guy. He, um, his wife, or his father-in-law, I guess, his father-in-law traveled to America with my grandfather, John O'Hare. Uh, they were both County Down men. I don't know his um, his wife's maiden name, but uh, anyway, Mr. Scullion was uh, a great guy, and his family are a great family, but unfortunately he died on September 11th, 2001, and I always think of him when I'm in this park, uh, and I'm uh, jogging away, thinking about how I wasn't great at track and field, but, but he was a great guy. Anyway... Uh, you know, I have been sort of, I, I don't want to say obsessed, but I have really been a, a keen observer to the prevalence of the word anxiety and anxiety disorder and all these things. And, uh, you know, the more I hear people talk about anxiety, because, you know, I, I never saw myself as an anxiety, uh, somebody who suffers from anxiety, but I also, well, I personally think I grew up at a time where, you know, that term wasn't really bandied about. And, uh, you know, the more the more I hear about, uh, you know, the way people describe their anxiety disorder, I go, well, well, that sounds like uh, my whole life. But, of course, I just, well, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced, but I just assumed that uh, that was just part of life, that sometimes you're stressed out. Anyway, needless to say, I don't have an opinion on uh, what is anxiety disorder or anything. I just... Uh, think I've suffered from like what what is being called anxiety nowadays for like a good portion of my life so let me let me backtrack why I wanted to talk about this because like I can sometimes find it like paralyzing you know uh when I was uh younger you know I mean listen I'm not I'm not complaining about my childhood here on on the on the podcast <laughs> but uh, you know I guess there was like high levels of stress uh, for 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 a youth, for 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 children, there was high levels of stress in our house, probably unnecessary. But anyway, um, I remember when I first stopped drinking. You know, and you really have to think about looking back on your your drinking and stuff. The one thing that stands out to me was I, I took my first drink when I was twelve. You know, and. I certainly, I mean, I, I, I took my first drink when I was 12, but I also probably got drunk the first time when I was 12. And I don't have that many memories of that first time being drunk, but I remember saying to somebody when I first stopped drinking, the one overriding feeling that I take or that I remember from it is finally feeling like everything was going to be all right. 
And finally, just not being like stressed, you know? And, uh, you know, one of the the things that I really took from not drinking for a while or certainly like being in a world where you would like look at yourself and look at your behavior and try to try to find a bit of inner peace, you know, which um, I was militant about in those early years of not drinking. Uh, one of the things that I really took from that was that I wasn't as anxious all the time. You know, in other words, I didn't walk around with this sense of something's wrong, you know? And so that that was the thing that I could not put my finger on throughout my whole childhood. But I did not have anybody standing there saying, that's anxiety, you know? And I hear, like, my little cousin, you know, she talks about having anxiety, and I think... I mean, I, I, I can't even say whether it's good or bad that there's a label for it. But I mean, and I can't even say if it's just human or not. But I, I, I think I would have liked the term and I would have liked to have been able to turn to somebody and say, yo, are you always thinking something's wrong? <laughs> you know, because I think maybe that would have helped me if somebody went, actually, no. <laughs> you know, like actually nah most of the time i feel like everything's gonna be all right yeah i get stressed about tests and uh you know all that type of stuff but uh but yeah just in general you know i i don't wake up in the morning worried <laughs> so you know we, you know so when i was thinking about doing this on the podcast i was like oh maybe i should talk a little bit about what I, you know, my revisionist history of my childhood that, I, you know, I, I, I literally woke, well, I woke up a lot of mornings feeling like, fuck, something's bad is going on, you know? And, um, you know, I used to go to school, I used to wake up pretty much, well, I used to go to school a lot, a lot of mornings, like with a sick stomach. And, you know, I used to eat a lot of Raisin Bran. <laughs> and, uh, Raisin bran obviously uh, is a lot of fiber, and I I I used to think it was the raisin bran, but in actual fact, I felt sick before I ate the the, the raisin bran. Uh, now the raisin bran brought some other stresses, like I used to run home from school every day because I was literally dying to have a shit every day, and because everybody in school said that the the bathrooms in school would give you the cooties. I was like too embarrassed to take a shit in the bathroom of St. Kevin's, which in itself is fucking ridiculous, but that's kids. I'm not going to equate that with anxiety or stress or whatever other overactive mind thinking that was going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was too embarrassed to take a shit in the unless it was an absolute emergency. And, and in fact, it was so stupid. I can remember, uh, like I can even see the green doors of the bedrooms in St. Kevin's, but I can even remember like the odd time I had to take a shit. I just remember thinking like, please, God, don't let anybody see me taking a shit. I mean, can you imagine the embarrassment of somebody knowing that you're having a shit in the St. Kevin's bathroom? You know, it's always a, a funny memory of mine where uh, I would be like holding it in all day because I didn't want to get the cooties. And I remember in like the um, the... The, you know, when the summers would hit or like early sept like the September weeks in New York or like the June classes, um, it would be so it was so hot 
you know, no air conditioning, obviously, in St. Kevin's. And then it would be so hot. And I'd be, like, running home in my polyester uniform, just, like, like clenching, like, dying to have a shit because I'm so full of raisin bran. And then I, I would, like, run home, run up the stairs. My mother would be like, you okay? I was like, I gotta, I gotta. And I, I'd get to the bathroom, and I'd be so sweaty that I would literally, like, almost, like, fall through the fall through the toilet like literally just like so humid so new york just like nearly slide into the toilet but the relief jesus the relief and i can still i can still see the 1970s uh, stylings of our bathroom and the relief that i would have sitting there at approximately 2 52 p.m after running home from st kevin's uh and uh or or uh the other memory I have is that we used to have those horrible cushioned um, seats, you know, that you'd have to change like every year. Um, but when you sat on them, it sounded like you farted. So you'd like sit down and be like, and then they would always crack within like six months. And then like you get like a, like a paper cut on your ass from the, the terrible cushioned toilet seat. And you never see them anymore. That was like a fad. That was like a thing that is like well gone from our society. This thought that we needed uh, a cushioned toilet seat. Um, uh, I guess we've replaced it with incredibly thick and fluffy toilet paper, which is like a fucking duvet on your ass, which I feel like is kind of a waste. But let me let me let me stop talking about that and get back to what we we're talking about. So uh, anyway, I uh, I really did. I went to school a lot with this sense of like fuck. You know, what, what's going to happen today? Now, I also have to say that I used to get in trouble all the time, you know? So it, it, it's hard to say that, you know, I just had anxiety or, you know, I had like some other shit going on. But I was always in trouble, you know? There was always some fucking problem or some note coming home. or you Now, it wasn't mega trouble, you know? And I wasn't a terrible student, but, you know, no surprise. I love fucking around. I love making people laugh. And, you know, so I, I was in trouble a lot. So sometimes the foreboding was because, oh, God, you know, I didn't do my homework right or whatever. You know, like, like, listen, I get it. Some of it's just like everyday life shit. But I'm starting to wonder when I hear people talk about anxiety, if actually in, in, a, in, a, in, a, more, in a more modern day education situation, there might have been a bit better language or somebody might have pulled me to the side and been like, hey, uh, I think you... Uh, I think there might be some stuff going on with you. Now, in saying that, I'm glad that I wasn't, like, medicated, you know? And uh, I'm glad that, you know, I, I, I struggle with, like, how quick they are to sort of medicate kids. And, I, I mean, I, I guess that's a judgment on my behalf. But, again, I say it without any sense of authority, you know? I have a resistance to that. And, and let me just uh, let me just make sure before anybody gets offended, I'm not talking about antidepressants or anything like that. I'm not judging anybody that takes anything. Uh, you know, I just want everyone to do what they think is, is best for themselves. You know, and I guess you know, probably in hindsight, they would probably diagnose me with ADHD, but uh, I wasn't diagnosed with that either. Uh, and then, you know. 12 to 14, I was like, a, you know, I guess like a bit of a tearaway. And the next thing I was in Ireland, <laughs> you know, so like I wonder sometimes if actually like, you know, there might have been uh, there might have been ways where if I if I hadn't been if, if I had been maybe looked after, everything might not have escalated as fast as it did. But then who knows, you know, 
Uh, you know, who knows? But I, I tell you one thing I know for sure. When I read about anxiety, I definitely can see that my mother was really struggled with anxiety disorder. And, uh, and again, I'm not blaming her for my anxiety disorder, you know, but I, I guess it's just in our family. But, you know, there was just like a lot of unnecessary stress, you know. And now in adulthood, I can see it, you know. It's like, is, is this situation really, does it really require as much energy that, as is running around my body as, uh, as, as there is? Or is this like a condition, you know? Um, and you know, when I, when I, when I finally stopped drinking and taking drugs, and by the way, I'm not saying I was self-medicating on my, I like, I think it's way more complicated than that, you know? And I, I can't break down my entire life and every fucking emotional problem I've ever had on this podcast sitting here on my own. But when I finally got a bit of like emotional stability in my life, um, the one overriding thing was, wow, I'm not stressed all the time. Like that, that's what I remember from, uh, that's one of the great epiphanies that I had, you know, and it was great to get that peace. Now, you know, I would also say that I don't have that same amount of peace nowadays only because, you know, in those early years, all I did was sort of like semi go to college and sort of full-time work on myself, quote unquote, work on myself, meditate, go to the go to Dzogchen Barra, go to like the Buddhist retreat center in Alahis in West Cork, hang out with my non-drinking, non-using buddies and fucking talk about how we could better ourselves as human beings. I mean, we literally like lived in some sort of like mobile monastery in Cork City, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we kind of pushed each other to like become some sort of like spiritual guru set, you know? I mean, we were in complete denial about some of our other behavior. <laughs> you know in terms of like going out and bad relationships and different things but uh but but to it but but it worked you know in my early late adolescence early 20s i definitely found like a piece that i i had never had in my life before and i guess some of that is just growing up but anyway long story short i uh i i was curious to examine almost for myself i like talking to myself about whether you know all this chat about anxiety is a good is a good thing to sort of jump on. I mean, I've never I, I I've gone to like loads of therapists in my time at various different stages uh, for various different reasons, and none of them really. I you know I feel like the the, the sort of anxiety the 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 explosion of the word anxiety has uh, has sort of happened since my last sojourn into therapy which was 2008 you know so it's been 10 years since i really had a good go at uh any sort of talking to somebody and trying to be honest and trying to sort of change my behavior uh maybe it's overdue uh not that i consider this microphone to be a therapist but anyway i definitely i definitely can feel it in me nowadays i'll give you an example maybe some people who like struggle struggle with this uh, can uh, identify with this one. Whether I, I did this TV show a year and a half ago uh, called "This Is Ireland," and uh, you know the, the 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 sort of the remit was to tackle sort of difficult issues in a funny way, in a sort of John Oliver style show, with you know you know point one percent of John Oliver's budget. But uh, anyway, it was it was quite stressful, and uh, it was just myself and another guy writing it. 
and uh, RTE gave us 45 minute episodes instead of half hour episodes uh, with with a sort of a a, a, a sliver of a, of a of a John Oliver slash Daily Show budget. We actually had to produce 15 more minutes an episode, and uh, so it was unbelievably stressful. But that type of stress I can handle. But one of the issues we decided to take on, which I I thought was important. Now people can agree or disagree with uh, the HPV vaccine and its um, its uh, negative effects or positive effects. Uh, the, I, I'm not interested in getting to that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That debate today, I've, I've, I've had that debate many times. That's not the, what I'm talking about now. What I'm talking about now is that in taking that on as an issue, uh, it became very uh, heated because uh, some people have very passionate opinions about that and some people uh, genuinely believe that it's making their families sick. Uh, so that's a difficult dilemma to tackle an issue where some people really believe that it's making their family sick uh, and other people really believe that it's an incredible advancement in medicine uh, and can decrease uh, cervical cancer in women in the future. So you have this like, major dilemma of you know you know uh, yeah you just have a dilemma of like how the fuck do you deal with this and then you say well let's not deal with it uh but then there was a prime time on it and it it kind of like really it really put the issue front and center and we decided well i certainly was passionate about it because i'm a cancer survivor so i was like come on like this is this is a real thing that we need to talk about and uh you know there was elements of uh the way people were campaigning against the hpv vaccine that seemed to have a lot of connections with anti-vaccine groups so you 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 find yourself thinking this is a real subject now of course you take the risk of being completely wrong and you know that that that'll be on me one day if 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 it turned out that I was completely wrong. But needless to say, I was fucking stressed out of my mind, uh, and I was literally paralyzed with anxiety. I I I remember lying in my bed and I I could feel it in my ankles. I could feel it in my legs, and it was the first time. This was actually the beginning of me realizing that I think I might have some sort of problem with anxiety because I, I, I can't remember if I Googled anxiety or if I Googled uh, 
so much stress that I feel it in my legs or something like that, you know? But I remember it was the first time that I looked up symptoms of anxiety. It came up at that time. That was the beginning of, of, of me going, holy shit, I think I have a fucking anxiety disorder. And uh, it was all there, you know? And I could see that it was, it was connected to adrenaline and, uh, you know, like just, just this fucking whatever it is running around your body, you know? And, and I, I haven't looked into it that much more since then. I'm actually, I'm not doing this podcast to speak as an expert on anxiety. I'm actually doing it to just sort of further, uh, further my own understanding by, you know, like vocalizing it uh, or sort of verbalizing some of the things. But yeah, you, you can, f like, I literally, I couldn't shake this, f this feeling in my legs and like in my, just my body. And it was like fucking acid, like a poison. And, uh. You know, I was in, I was in Rialto and I was like, I remember I, I, I was like, it was suggesting like breathing and walking and I went for a walk at one stage just to try to like, I just thought, Jesus Christ can, can like, can motion just like fucking get rid of this uh, sensation and, uh, nothing, ugh, nothing was working. And, uh, you know, it, it, and then it goes up into your head and then your head starts doing tricks on you and like literally and, and, and this, is a, this is a thing that I sort of have, have dealt with my whole life. It ends up spiraling in your brain to a sense, uh, a feeling that everything's about to disappear or the, everything is about to be destroyed. You know, whether it's your career or your relationship or, you know, like literally I, I feel like, like it's going to go real bad. You know, like, like... End of the, the world shit for, for, for me. Not, not, I, I'm not talking about suicide. I, I, I have no desire to end things, but I do feel like, oh, God, here it comes, you know, whatever. <laughs> here comes impending doom. That's it. Doom. An unbelievable sense of doom. Uh, but it does pass. Um, and... Uh, but 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 it, it, it can be all consuming like at, at times, you know. Um, I mean, I remember having it another time, but this is before I was aware of like that this might be some sort of like extreme anxiety. And I can't remember what the scenario was, but I, I something was bothering me in, in, like in, intensely. I think it might have had something to do with me a major breakup. So in fairness, it was like a it was a stressful time, but I remember. Um, being on stage in Galway, and uh, I was in the town hall theater. I, I distinctly remember it. And uh, in the middle of the show, like the show was going great, and of course I was loving it. And I remember having a thought to myself in the midst of my performance, how weird is this? That this is the only time in the last couple of days that you've gotten peace. Like it was literally because I guess of the endorphins of the show and the energy. I I hadn't had a break from my fucking brain for so long that like suddenly it hit me like, wow, how screwed up are you that you hear like the only time you're normal is in what for most people would be the most stressful situation possible talking in front of other people. You'll literally just get like an hour, like like a fucking like like a little like like a little break. You know, a little break from your fucking brain. So, uh, anyway, I, um, 
those are just two quick examples. Uh, and, and, and as I speak out loud, I, you know, I can see that it's probably not that normal, but I hope some people are listening and go, oh, I get like that, you know, because I, I, I don't think I'm abnormal. At the same time, I, uh, you know, I definitely get these like extreme emotions, you know, and I don't think comedy is like the ideal life for it, but what are you going to do? That's, that's the trade-off, I guess, you know, pros and cons. Um, and, uh, I mean, I've definitely, I've chatted about it with my mother. Like, like, so from that, I sort of mentioned it to my mother, like, yo, I think maybe, uh, part of what you didn't realize was going on was you have like extreme anxiety disorder. Uh, and funnily enough, I mean, she went with that completely and, uh, it seems to have, well, it seems to have given her some relief because at least she's able to say, oh, that's why I thought I was crazy my whole life, you know? Uh, and I don't know if it's just like hereditary or if it's like trauma induced, uh, you know, she had, she had a, a tough childhood, like real tough, like, and you know, like uh, you know, proper like alcoholism, uh, her cha- you know, like having to sort of pull her parents out of bars and stuff like that. And, um, like lived her life in, in fear of uh, the next, uh, catastrophe, which those catastrophes were like real, you know, like she had, um, you know, she was way too young to be having to worry about the overall well being of her family. But, that's what she had to do. And I'm sure if there's like children of, you know, people who grew up in like active alcoholism, I'm sure that you can identify with that, you know, that sense of dread. But she grew up with that. But, you know, I think I think she was left with it, you know. And uh, I think she carried that dread into her adulthood. And, and then it just leaks out all over the place, you know. So... For her, I think it's multiplied by a lot. Like I'm looking back now and going, "Damn, I wish I had that word." But I think for her, it's 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 multiplied by a lot. That if she had maybe, you know, I guess if times had been different and there was a bit more sort of support slash understanding of uh, the way the mind works or mental health, that she might have got some relief or certainly some support. You know. Uh, rather than a bit late in the game, you know, but anyway, um, so I guess it's a positive, you know, I can honestly, I can sometimes be a bit dismissive, you know, I'm in, uh, you know, I can be a bit dismissive of a labeling of emotional situations, or I can, you know, consider people to just like some, you know, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these guys that's like, suck it up, just fucking suck it up, but I do sometimes wonder if, uh, you know, you can just chuck a label on anything and then, like, not take responsibility for it. That's definitely a thought that's gone through my mind. So that's probably one of the reasons why I would resist putting uh, putting a label. But from that day, from that thing I was telling you about in Rialto, with the way that my body felt, that was the that was a time where I I I I thought, wow. And the weird thing was, it was so familiar. The feeling was so familiar. You know, being paralyzed. Uh, by the feelings that were in my body that I was like, oh shit, this is, this is what I've had. I've had this. And, uh, and I didn't realize, you know, just battled through it. And, uh, and I, and I, 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 and I've, I've, I've experienced, uh, 
large moments of uh, happiness um, uh, throughout my life. But, you know, I definitely have uh, carried around that sense of doom. Uh, and, you know, maybe I'm going to go and uh, give that a whirl on uh, tackling that a bit more head on. You know, and I, I wonder sometimes too, like, cause I've, I've always found myself in stressful situations. Uh, and I've always, you know, you, you uh, there's always a sort of a pushing the boundaries feeling to, you know, spending and, you know, there's just like a high energy, uh, consistency throughout my life. And, I wonder, does one drive the other, or are they interconnected, or, you know, you know, years ago, when I first stopped drinking, I would have said that you're running from something. That's what I would have said. I would have said clear as day that there's some shit you don't want to admit about yourself, and you're hiding. You're acting out. Your, you know, your behavior is, uh, is, is a symptom of, you know something that you're hiding from. And while I don't completely think that's not, I don't think that's not true. I wonder sometimes if, for, because of that way of thinking, was I missing out on some other shit that I could have been tackling in a different way? Because I, I really, in those early days, I really believed that if I could, um, if I could sort of clear away the, the wreckage, you know, if I could, if I could, if I could, um, get to the bottom of what was driving me, you know, get into the self-hatred, get into the fears, get into the insecurities. If I could get right to the sort of, right to the gut, the heart of those things and try to heal them, you know, uh, that suddenly I would be free. And I did that. And some of that, well, I tried to do that. And some of that, I did get some, some freedom, uh, you know, from certain things. But then at the same time, uh, I, you know, I, I wonder if, if, if that, that can cure all. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think so nowadays, you know. Uh, so then the question is how much of it is tied up into behavior and how much of it is tied up into uh, the way that I'm wired, uh, you know, uh, how much of it is tied into... Um, well, I guess that's behavior, but like not having enough downtime, you know, like, do you look after yourself properly? Uh, you know, how, you know, all that, it's, it's interesting, you know, these are just questions. I don't have the answers, you know? Um, I mean, I don't have that much more to say on it, really, you know? Uh, but, you know, I, I, I know, bringing it back to the drinking, that, you know, when I started drinking so young, you know, it wasn't so much that I was dying to drink, but I guess why I was doomed with the booze and then later drugs was because I just got way too much relief and I was looking for it, you know, and I was way up in my head as a young man. You know, I had a fucking gazillion thoughts going on all the time and it shut them up, you know, and uh, so... I was doomed because, you know, I needed that relief real bad, real bad. So, of course, I was going to go with it. 
but unfortunately the the side effects were just too, way too much for me especially you know other people it's different but for me you know i was a dr jekyll mr hyde guy you know and you know it really did turn me into not a nice person uh so i was happy to say goodbye to that uh so uh so when i yeah when i stopped i uh you know, I tried to deal with all these things, but it didn't. There wasn't as many labels floating about as there are today, and I also think that, you know, maybe maybe somebody would have uh, pulled me to the side and been like, "This is what's going on for you." So maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe I'm just jealous of all these Generation Zs and all their labels. And I mean, that's it, really. I'm not going to keep going on because I feel like I've. I know it's a bit short, but I feel like I've sort of. Uh, run out of things to say or I need somebody else to to bounce it off. Hopefully somebody got something from it. I mean, maybe I should have told more examples of of the way that I feel, but I'll think of something else and I'll 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 do it again. Uh so I mean, this is really just a question. I I think I'll call the podcast Do I have an anxiety disorder? People can make up their own minds. Um I uh the last thing I'll say is that I have a weird thing where massive situations I can deal with, but like tiny situations like really make me stress like crazy, like paying a bill or organizing clothes. But like um, when my mother got sick or my dad was sick, my dad had cancer that time, boom, I was on it, you know, and I wasn't stressed. That's what's weird. I was actually happy weirdly happy not happy my dad was sick but just like maybe that that time was like like a happy time and you know it was all fucking crisis management and uh you know major shit going on and i was like on it you know i was on it you know when my, it wasn't the same experience when my mother was sick but that was a lot to do with like uh relationships with my with my uh my relations uh, so that, that brought, that brought some stress, but you see, the thing was that when my dad was sick, it was just us, you know, but when my mother was sick, my dad was gone. So it was like other people and I'm not, I'm not making any judgments, but I'm just saying that those dynamics were hard to manage. <laughs> so that brought, that brought its own stress, you know, and it may be that, uh, there may have been five like-minded anxiety ridden people all fucking driving each other crazy uh so it might have been the blind leading the blind i include myself in that so uh anyway uh but but you know even like my you know my mother fell down the stairs and i had to get on a flight like seven in the morning like boom you know i was in like i can deal with that shit like super easy like i'm i'm great in a crisis but i'm terrible when it's like um did you take out the garbage <laughs> I'd be like, Jesus Christ, I have to take out the garbage. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? How am I going to take out the garbage? You know, like I can I can actually get riddled with a weird energy. So uh, that'll be it for today. Just some quick bits of news. Uh, make comments. You know, we need to get the podcast uh, back up and running. Uh, so make some comments uh, on, on you know, iTunes and stuff. Give us some, give us some stars. Uh, Snapchat, Des Buffer. Instagram at Des Bishop, Facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop. Um, I'm in Calgary this weekend, so if you know anybody, send them down. I'm in Boston, March 1st, 2nd, 3rd. 
I'm in I'm in Long Island uh, the weekend before that, like February 22nd or 23rd. I'm in like some clubs in Nassau County and Suffolk County. I'm in uh, Caroline's in New York, and then I'm in uh, uh, for Patrick's weekend, and then I'm in uh, Australia for six weeks. Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth. So spread the word about that. Um, uh, what else do I have to say? Oh, my 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 stand-up special that I recorded for RT Player should be coming on in March. They're relaunching the RT Player. I'm waiting for an exact date though, but it should be coming up in March. I saw Deer and Gary's stuff. You know, that went up on the player, and uh, it was great, and it got a great response. So that made me excited for uh, a stand-up special coming out. I mean, the player is trying to be like the Irish Netflix, so I think the special's a great special. First thing I ever produced myself, so that's coming up. So, uh, you know, start to get people, uh, start spreading the word about that. I think I, I think it's going to be like the best uh, stand-up special that I've done since those early years of, uh, you know, just like before I started doing um, too many TV shows. And uh, that's it, man. I got to say goodbye. I got to let you go. I got to let you go, which I can't stand when people say that. You know, listen, I'll let you go because I feel like it's a displacement of responsibility. Like you want to get off the phone, you know, and then people are like, hey, let, let, you know, I'll let you go. It's like, no, 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 you're getting off the phone. So just say that you want to get off the phone. Don't 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 put it on to me. Um, so uh, so I got to let you go, guys. You know, I'm going to have to let you go. And um, I hope that uh, you have a good day wherever you are. And I'm going to get home now and edit this bad boy and uh, get it up. Uh, Get it up. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.